following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome to Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venozzi, joined by Tyler Palmatier, and we have plenty to get to today. We're going to welcome in, in just a few moments, Williamson County Schools Athletic Director Darren Joins for a conversation. We're going to talk some National Signing Day and also give a basketball update. Tyler, Christmas is five days away, but we are not slowing down here on the show. Yeah, still a lot to get to, Russell. And before we do all that, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Let's go ahead and bring in Williamson County Schools Athletic Director Darren Joins now. Darren, thanks for joining us today. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. I hope you guys are uh, having a good holiday season. And I'm sure, like me, both of you guys have done all of your shopping. I actually have, Darren. Now, wrapping is a whole question. Okay. Okay. That's where I get hung I'm up. Impressed. Well, well, listen, I, I'm really not done. Uh, this, now this is going to be strange to you. I love going out Christmas Eve. I, I respect that. Get, get a little festivities going. <laughs> there's the nothing cheer. like the there's <laughs> nothing like the adrenaline of a last minute last minute shopping. I admittedly did pay for overnight shipping last night just because I'm cutting it so close <laughs> right here. So totally understand. And Darren, I wish we had something to talk about today. It's not like there's nothing going on in the high school uh, sports world at all. But uh, kidding, of course, there's there's tons going on. Let's start with the Tita Busta Belay uh, amending its amateur rule, rule a few weeks ago. Of course, student athletes can now make money uh, off their name, image, and likeness. Uh, since that decision has come down, what have these past couple of weeks been like for you and your office? As I'm sure you're handling any number of inquiries and, and things like that of, of what coaches and administrators need to be need to be looking out for well i think the the first thing that probably comes up for most people and i and i do get this that uh it almost feels like there's a the innocence of playing high school sports almost seems like it's that's been taken away a little bit and i'm not saying you know for or against but i think you know, a lot of people have that reaction like, wow, it's now, now we're doing this. But, you know, as you guys know, usually when something happens, the level above you, college in this case for us, it trickles down eventually. And here's the thing. I think a lot of these quote unquote deals are much ado about nothing. You know, they're pretty innocent in nature in terms of, uh, you know, put this T-shirt on wear it on an Instagram post and we're going to give you uh, free meals once every month. You know, I think there's going to be a lot like that, certainly with some of the more high profile uh, power five kind of guys, then that might be a little bit different, but uh, I think a lot of it's going to be, you know, fairly, fairly innocent, so to speak. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, Darren. Um, I think some people might be sitting back and thinking that uh, kids are, are sitting on a, a pile of gold with after a week of NIL. And there's just simply people who don't like this. And I, they think it's a bad road to go down, as you mentioned, but how much of NIL right now is just a stigma 
those three letters. People just don't like them. Yeah, I think it is. You notice in our in the change in the rule that's never mentioned. Everybody's calling it NIL, but the way the rules written, it's just hey, we got a change in the amateur rule. Now the words image and likeness are mentioned in that in that description rule, uh, and also the instructional services, which doesn't get talked about a lot, but basically uh, for kids have the opportunity to give lessons. So. Uh, you know, I think it's one of those things that the way I've always approached something like this, and I always tell athletic directors and coaches this, listen, there's nothing wrong that when change comes about or something happens that you have a human initial reaction of, of negative or positive. But once that happens, if you spend your time worrying about something that's already taken place, you're really wasting your time. So for those that are against it, uh, I'm sure there's a period of, dang, I hate that this happened, but I'm not approaching it that way. What I'm approaching it as is we need to educate people. We need to educate students. We need to educate coaches, athletic directors, administrators, parents, community members, businesses. Uh, the, to me, that's our role. We can't broker deals, and that's part of the rule that we can't go out and try to get deals for kids. But I think we do educate them. And looking at the positive, you think about this. For years, we've all said when I taught school, I, I, would, I would tell my teams, hey, be careful what you do on social media because some of that stuff could follow you. Well, when you're 15, you don't really think about it. But now that it could make a difference in who might have you promote their product over your social media, we might see some of that cleaned up, which I think is good. Yeah, no doubt. And all this went into effect pretty quickly, uh, Darren, and it seems like there's some some gray area on what's permitted and what's not. Are there some common questions that you've received from whether it be coaches or schools uh, that have maybe come up a few times as as people are trying to work through uh, kind of the fallout from this? Well, you know, we, we've had a couple of questions about the use of our facilities. If you're talking about instructional services i mean honestly it's, it's maybe the calm before the storm but it hasn't been a ton maybe like you would think um but that has come up hey can someone use our facilities well according to the rule you can use a facility as an athlete to give a so let's use a gym as an example you could use a, a gym and give lessons to a younger kid but to me it becomes pretty hard to promote the fact that you're doing it and you don't promote and mention where it's at and it's not like you're just going to let a 16 year old or 17 year old be up at your school by themselves providing instructional services so uh you know that that's one that's actually come up for us and and we're not getting into that realm at this point you know we're, we're pretty we're pretty tight in williamson county about who can and can't come use our facilities but basically our rule is you have to be a nonprofit that's in williamson county to use our facilities. So unless, unless that was set up by the, by the player to do that, we wouldn't even have that conversation anyway. But right now we're staying away from that. Cause I think, I think it becomes pretty difficult to say, Hey, I'm doing this and not associate yourself with your school. So we're staying away from that. That's a really great point, Darren, because, uh, and that's one I hadn't thought about when you talk about facilities, one, like you mentioned, how do you promote where it's at without mentioning the school's name? And two, you know, if schools can't facilitate it with insurance, you would think somebody would need to be there from the school. And then also the school's got to unlock its gym. Uh, 
So somebody's right. at school is technically facilitating it. So that's that's a really interesting point from you there. What other – What? go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and I, I don't – I, I don't know how many people are wanting to do that, but, uh, but, the, and, and I'll tell you something else that comes up USGA, USTA, uh, the, the body that governs bowling, they have certain rules too. So, in essence, you could maybe not break a TSSAA rule, but you might break one of those rules, which keeps you playing in a SNEDS tour tournament, for example. So that's another thing that young people have to be aware of is if hey, I'm a tennis player, I better read the USTA rules. If I'm a bowler. I better read those rules. I'm a golfer. I better read those rules. So, you know, some of those things uh, people have to be to be careful of. But I, again, I'm taking the slant of it's here. There, there's nothing we can do about that, whether we want to or not. Let's educate everybody that's out there. And listen, there's a bunch of great examples. I was talking about this the other day. There's a, a young person in uh, South Carolina who has a mowing business. And I think that's great. Kids out trying to make money mowing yards like a lot of people have done. Because NIL is what they're calling it, is allowed, then this student has a deal with the lawnmower company, which I think is great. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, it's almost like there's an education, educational opportunity, which is something the drum I've kind of beat through all this is that kids could learn how to do something at the end of the day through all this, which is sort of what schools are all about. Um, Russell, you had a question on. Really, uh, you guys are both young enough to be in this crowd a little bit, too, uh, that the, the modern day entrepreneur and a lot of these kids are entrepreneurs and we have a ton of these kids in Williamson County. And they're going about making money through social media. Listen, if I have 1.5 million followers on one of my social media channels, companies want to be a part of that. The, 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 first, the first recorded NIL deal at the college level was NAIA Division Two. It was a volleyball player. And she was actually doing uh, home repairs like D, D, DYI projects had nothing to do with volleyball. And she got all these followers. I think she went from like 32 followers to thousands. And all of a sudden you have people wanting to cash in on that businesses. That's creative. Now, to me, there's nothing wrong. We think about all these, Hey, we're going to con a kid into taking this money. And then they're going to go play for this particular school or come play at my school. Are those things going to happen? Do they happen? Probably. But I don't think that's the great majority. I really don't. Yeah. You know, if regular students can be a social media influencer, it's kind of crazy to think that an athlete couldn't be when they've got that big of a following. But you touched on it there, Darren. One of the, I guess, the wet blankets out there are going to say, oh, this is going to be used as a recruiting enticement. This is going to affect competitive balance. It sounds like you're not on that side, I guess, um, how might this, how, how might high school sports continue basically as they have been, even with this, this new NIL world that we're entering into? Well, I, I think those things could happen. I'm just not going to spend a lot of time worrying about it. You, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's worrying about something that maybe you can't do a ton about. I'd rather, uh, let me give you an example of something I'd like people to know. There's a couple of words out there. I was at a, a, a national 
athletic director conference this past week. It was actually in Nashville, and this topic came up, and this really stood out to me. This was mentioned in one of the sessions. Students need to be aware of these two words, exclusivity and perpetuity. So if you get into a deal where it's exclusive and maybe it keeps you from doing something else, watch out for that. Also watch out for from now on, which is basically what perpetuity means with no set deadline or timeline. So those are things students and their parents should know about when you're going into some kind of, and again, I don't think that's the, for the typical athlete, but you know, if you're a power five type kid, maybe. So I think the educational part is the part that I'm focused on. And I'm not saying those other things can't and won't happen because, you know, bad apples do those kind of things. Uh, and, you know, shame on them for doing that. But I don't know if you can stop that because really there's probably, I say probably there, there are, there, there are other things besides this that people can do to try to entice someone to come to their school whether that be at the college or high school level. And those things have happened since the beginning of athletics, unfortunately. Yeah, you hit it on the head, Darren, a couple times. The Maybe the biggest thing moving forward for, for this um, topic is is education and, and discovery for for all these athletes. We're going to kind of move move on to that and, and um, get you out of here shortly. Uh, you, you were hired at your current position in 2019, uh, the district uh, athletic director of – one of the biggest, most uh, athletically driven uh, districts around here, um, if not the big, if not the most. How has that role treated you, and uh, has it kind of expanded your outlook of the state of high school athletics in general, or in the area at all? It's it's been a it's been a, a really great gig. It has, uh, you know, I now that it's we're past it. I think one of the blessings I actually had was, you know, if you're going to have to deal with COVID, there's nothing like having to do it the first year on a job. So I think anything that's, that's happened since then almost seems like, okay, we can, we can get through this and we can handle it. So uh, my first year as athletic director, of course, March is when it all went down. I can remember being at the Nolensville girls basketball game. They qualify for the semifinals. I believe their next opponent was going to be Macon County. If I remember correctly. And that game never got played the next day. So uh, that that was that was an interesting time. Uh, we're not that we don't deal with that now, but pretty much through that at this point, and it's been it's been really great the past year or so. But it's been a great a great job. I'm so appreciative of having it. And yeah, I, I think I do look at it a little bit differently uh, than maybe than maybe I did. I was so zoned in at one particular school coaching a one particular sport. This is a little bit different type of job. Uh, I do have more to think about than just basketball at one school. You know, I want to think about all of our schools and really the, the state of of Tennessee. I've, I've got that in my mind, too. I mean, when, when something comes up and I have a conversation with folks at TSSAA, I always mention, now, look, I want us to do what's best for the for the state. Obviously, we're not the only school district in the state. And I mean that when I say it, uh, if it's if it's better for the entire state then it's it's probably better for us, too. On that note, Darren, we'll get you out of here with a basketball question. Like you said, you coached that sport for a long time, and you get to see quite a few, quite a few games of all sports. And uh, of course, the coaching bug's pretty hard to get rid of. But what area teams, uh, basketball teams, have you seen so far this year that, that have impressed you? Whether that's Williamson County or otherwise. 
you know, Independence in, in, in Williamson County, I think Independence is a team that most on the boys' side have anticipated being uh, the best team in our league. They've had some good wins so far. I think Ravenwood's really played well. You know, they lost quite a few kids with graduation, but they've had a couple nice wins over Franklin, who has a good team too. Uh, Centennial is a team that's played well. They had a tough loss to Station Camp. That's a team that's playing pretty well too. Um, but they've they've played pretty well. And, you know, it goes to this – I'm a big fan of multi-sport athletes, and Centennial has a lot. A lot of young men that – you know, I think about Tanner Lee and Dominic Reed, who had really good football seasons. I think that translate translates to basketball. So they've they've played well uh, too. On the girls' side, Paige with first year coach Randy Kaufman really playing well. Um, uh, Brentwood, a lot of young kids, but they're playing well. Uh, Summit is a, is another team that that's uh, that's played well early in the year. And and one team I did not mention on the boys' side really playing well is Fairview, the boys. They're undefeated right now. Coach McCoy doing a nice job there, really with a heavy, heavy uh, junior-laden team. So they've, they've got a real nice team. Sounds like plenty of good basketball down there in Williamson County to check out uh, as the calendar flips to when it gets serious in January and February. So, Darren, we really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, Merry Christmas and, and good luck with all your last-minute shopping. Yeah, thank you, guys, and uh, – uh, you know, I see you guys at a lot of our events, and I know that we're not the only ones you cover. Uh, we really do appreciate you doing that. I mean, what, what you guys do with this show and uh, with your normal coverage, um, it's a big deal to us in Williamson County and all across Middle Tennessee. So I thank both of you. Yeah, you bet, Darren. Thank you. We certainly appreciate it. That has, been, that has been Williamson County Schools Athletic Director Darren Joins. Appreciate him joining us today. We're going to take a break and then come back with some signing day discussion. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. A lot of moving pieces here as signing day approaches. We were recording this on a Tuesday and course by the time you watch this or listen to this on wednesday a lot of players will uh have finalized their destinations but tyler we've got really some big quarterback movement here to start it off marcel reed nba quarterback flipping from Ole miss to texas a&m and also lipscomb academy quarterback hank brown who was initially committed to liberty has committed to auburn where hugh freeze uh he's kind of followed hugh freeze down there to the play so two huge moves here and signing day is uh still has plenty of time to go yeah, um, you know the Reed, the Reed move was pretty tough to fathom a couple months ago because really none of this had been building yet, and he was uh, really a centerpiece to Lane Kiffin's 2023 class and recruiting tons of other kids and sort of just t- uh, tooting the Ole Miss horn as much as he could. So this has turned out to be a real stunner in that regard. Um, I, you know, Lane Kiffin never made an home visit after the uh, the coaching carousel stuff. I wonder if that made a difference. Um, so that's a big deal there. 
I'm gonna quiet my dog here for a Is second. Your dog, a Texas A&M fan, Tyler? He no, he just hates German shepherds, and we have a guy across the street who doesn't know how to take care of his. Um, oh. So uh, that's me putting all the blame on the neighbors, but seriously, it is their fault. Uh, I, Hank Brown, I think we thought was just gonna go. Uh, Russell, why don't you take over for a second? I can yeah, see if I can calm I'll, this storm I'll, down. I'll get Hank Brown here. Um, yeah, he picked up an offer from UAB very quickly after reopening his recruitment, um, following uh, Hugh Freeze's departure from Liberty to Auburn, and seemed like that was a, an easy kind of uh, puzzle to put together there that Brown would ultimately end up at UAB, but instead Freeze has offered him at Auburn on Monday after he took a weekend visit and. Uh, you know, when the SEC calls, it's hard to turn that down. So Brown he had a phenomenal senior year leading the Mustangs to uh, another state championship. You know, he threw for over 3,000 yards, 47 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Just a great year for him. And he's parlayed that to a spot at an SEC West school alongside Marcel Reed. So pretty neat stuff there for Hank Brown. And, you know, while we're talking about signing day, Tyler, the celebration is going to be potentially a little more tame this year. We've talked to, I reached out to a number of schools this week to try to find ceremonies that were happening. And there's really very few ceremonies actually happening. So we're going to be at the the ones that we can find. Um, But a lot of these schools are waiting until February. Um, Classes are out in a lot of cases for Christmas already. And some players are already doing bowl prep at, at their colleges. So it's kind of a real mess this year, just with where the date fell. But, um, you know, here we are. So there won't be as much pomp and circumstance now. There will be more in February, but by then a lot of this is going to be old news. So it's kind of a kind of a strange setup we've got going on here. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, there, people are just preoccupied, one, just with the date. Um, you know, I talked to one faculty member when we were trying to figure out when this was, and they were already out of the country. So people just have things going on. And I think you're starting to – there's been some talk about whether or not this the early sign day is working or whether or not it makes sense. I mean, things change so much. And now you've seen you're seeing a lot of kids signing later, um, and uh, you know you just wonder. I don't know if that's enough sea change to say it's going to move to February permanently, but um, you just kind of wonder. Now a lot of guys, even top guys, are waiting, and uh, there's a lot to gain from that too. So, yeah, it is kind of a strange week. It just doesn't feel like as big of a week, but sometimes that that changes uh, on the national level too. I can't really speak to that. How many? I'm sure there's still a lot of guys signing this week. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the final numbers to see, like, you know, was this any different than the previous years? And if so, do changes need to be made? But I'll say locally, there's still plenty of talent on the market here. We, we Just to rattle off a few names as of our Tuesday recording that are still uh, have open recruitments, you know, McGavick's Demetrius Bell, CPA's Bo Burklow, who recently decommitted from Coastal Carolina. Uh, there's Jeremiah Collins down at Oakland, White County star running back Malachi Dowell, uh, Lipscomb Academy linebacker Brian Longwell, and Davidson Academy, do it all, man. Cortland Simmons are a few of the names still out there, Tyler. Yeah, that that whole list is super intriguing because you know Bell obviously is the one that will probably land at a big time Power Five school. But think about the other guys. Uh, Collins, we didn't know a whole lot about him before the year because he was in Louisville, but uh, he had a ninety nine yard kickoff return against Maryville in the semifinals. Um, uh, Dow has a record setting season. Uh, Longwell is a guy that had a breakout year and has been considered a sleeper guy. And then Cortland Simmons for, we haven't heard hardly anything about him, um, for as good as he is. So, uh, that's, that's pretty interesting too. that guy. Another one is a FRA offensive lineman, Joe Crocker, who has uh, decommitted from Mississippi state, of course, after the tragic passing of Mike Leach. So that could be another interesting one to watch, at least in the mid state. 
Yeah, I certainly would be. Yeah, I mean, that's you wonder what all those guys are going to do um, that were committed to the Bulldogs, and certainly a, a just a, a very very rare. I think uh, we lost Russell for a second, Tyler. So if you want to take us to break, we can uh, go to a break and then see if we get Russell back. Okay. Yeah, we're going to go to a quick break uh, with a message from the Tennessee Highway Safety Office and then come right back and uh, wrap us up with a little bit of basketball talk. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. Good try. There aren't any cops around. I can't think there were any cops around. I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been in a serious crash. I need you to hang on, okay? All right, we are back for one final segment. It looks like my internet is working again. I'm not sure what happened there, so apologies. But uh, real quickly on the way out, uh, some basketball talk. I know the season's really starting to pick up here with a lot of holiday tournaments going on. And uh, I got to see a fantastic game last week. I think this was my second basketball game. I saw a, a buzzer beater at the final horn. It was awesome. Um, it was really really cool moment too because it's Ravenwood senior Ethan Myers that that hit the shot. Um, he hadn't taken a shot all game, hadn't even attempted a shot. He was really kind of having a, a poor game according to his coach and and according to him too. And he nailed this long range three pointer to beat Franklin forty seven to forty four and got a big hug from his mom afterwards. And it was just one of those neat high school sports moments. I know we we just talked about a lot of guys that are getting recruited uh, that have college features, and sometimes it's just neat when there's just a real high school sports moment. And that was, that happened for me on Friday night when kind of an unsung or unlikely hero uh, came through in a big spot for Ravenwood. Yeah. You mentioned in your story that it was senior night, which is just, I still am having trouble adjusting to that. The uh, so many senior nights early in the year, this one, even before 2023 for the 2023 class. Um, Just interesting to see how schools have adjusted. I think that was a COVID thing because Mm-hmm. It was almost as if schools was, were trying to get that night in before a potential cancellation or, uh, or maybe you could set me straight, Russell, if that's been a tradition around here. I haven't been around forever. Yeah, no, it was always basically the last home game up until, you know, after mm-hmm. once teams t- returned from COVID, a lot of them did like home openers were, were senior night. And uh, I'd seen that. Tr- it seemed like that trend had fallen off. But, you know, maybe if there's a date that works for everybody and they want to just go ahead and knock it out, it's better to be safe than sorry in case you know, in case there is a cancellation later in the season and kind of messes up your plans. Yeah, it's just so interesting because that is really a long time, as you mentioned, high school tradition, last home game of the regular season. Um, I mean, that has been a long time high school tradition as far as mm-hmm. I can remember. Uh, and it really had, you could almost, maybe sometimes a school would hold one on a different night, you know, if, if they knew a player was going to be gone, who was special or, you know, that could happen sometimes, but really seemed like a pretty firm, tradition so um that's neither here nor there Uh, another interesting matchup last week um pearl cone against lipscomb that was one that lipscomb won handily by by 22 points but kind of a uh a classic metro 
school against a, another Nashville private against a Nashville private school. Um, obviously, those are great. Their their divisions are apart, so it's not. It really doesn't mean anything for for Pearl in terms of just maybe you just get to see a team that's much better, and you can see some athletes. Uh, you're obviously not going to be competing with teams like that um, in 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 the Firebirds postseason, but um, Doyle Cockrell, who obviously he had that record setting game last year for for Pearl, uh, with I believe it was forty. I think he dropped forty six in a in a game late in the season. Um, he had sixteen in that game, and then Caleb Beasley. I still just can't get over how he's able to go from one sport to the next. Uh, obviously, the the Tennessee football commitment. Um, he's already off to a hot start in basketball. He had 20 points and I believe he's had a couple other 20 plus point games. So I would, I would just think Lipscomb, uh, they all kind of surprised us last year, but I don't think if they, uh, win a lot of games this year, we're going to be so surprised based on the talent that they have. Yeah. And they've got a lot of those football guys back. Like you mentioned, Caleb Beasley, they've also got junior Cheryl playing Hank Brown and several others. So, I know some of them are kind of preoccupied with football and commitments and signings and all that, but it's neat that they're uh, still playing. And I, I think, like you said, that's going to turn into a pretty good squad there when it's all said and done. And that is going to do it for us today. We will not have a show next week. We are off for the holidays. So we wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We appreciate everybody that's listened to and watched us all year. And we will be back the first week in January with another episode. So we will see you then. Uh, but until next time, take care. And uh, we thank you for watching and listening to Main Street Preps this week.